Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. My name is Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And today we are joined by Sister Maria Elizabeth Borobia. Welcome, Sister. We're so glad to have you on. Thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you. Okay, you used to do radio in Spanish, right? A long time ago, yes. Okay, so have yes. you done anything like this in English in a while? No, not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, I did in one of our locations. Oh, did I you? Did. Oh, good. Yeah, briefly, an interview... Um, Vocational. Oh, so fun. that was a lot of fun. That's yeah. fun. Okay, cool. Well, we're excited to have you with us. I actually didn't know that you did Spanish radio. That's really cool. Sister Ruth, who's the mother of Radio Paulinas, mm-hmm. um, actually uh, invited me when I was a new junior profess sister to be part of the first uh, programs that we had in Miami. Oh, so wow. that was great. We had three different radio stations we went to and created quite a stir, actually. It was fun. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, we have a habit of doing such things. Yeah. yeah. And creating stirs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, Sister, we already know one fun fact about you now, but can you maybe introduce yourself to the listeners who might not know you? Tell them something about, you know, how you came to become a daughter? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Mexico City and... Uh, I grew up Mexico City part of the time, and then very young age, uh, my family moved to California. So most of my life was um, in the border. And then in high school, we moved to San Antonio. And at that point, um, I met the daughters. I love books. So it was kind of a natural meet. You know, um, my parents were catechists. Uh, We'd go to Catholic conferences or different events and ended up meeting them several times. At that time, I was very seriously um, considering marriage. So um, God kind of threw me a curveball where, um, yeah, okay, you're going to get married, but it's not who you think. (laughs) So, um, Because there was someone in mind? There was someone in mind. Yes, a wonderful person, (laughs) wonderful person, actually, uh, who helped me draw closer to Jesus Mm. in a beautiful way. So I really thank and praise um, the Father for uh, providing that beautiful friendship. Mm. Um, and it just led me deeper into who Jesus is mm. and coming to know the sisters, the Eucharistic adoration, I think is what really drew my heart, first mm. of all. And then the family spirit that mm. I saw lived among the sisters. Devotion to Paul. Paul really won my heart. Um, <laughs> I, it's hard to describe just in a short, you know, sure, sure. Uh, short amount of time. But um, I got who Paul was, that he was very loving mm-hmm. and tender, actually. And mm-hmm. his uh, deep mystical experience of Christ and his love for reaching out and sharing that with the people of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a nutshell... Uh, how I came to know the sisters. It took me two years to make my discernment and kind of negotiate with God, you know. Um, but that's in a nutshell how I came. Oh, wow, it was in so Texas. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you entered from Texas? I did. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. 
Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> God does throw curveballs. <laughs> he does do that. A lot. <laughs> Speaking of curveballs and miracles, actually, um, we have a really interesting content in the convent today that you saw, yeah. Sister Benedicta. I did not see it, though. Yeah, yeah. A few of us watched um, on Amazon Prime the show. Uh, it's a movie, not to be confused with the documentary, but the movie called um, 13 Lives. And it's based on that um, soccer team in Thailand that got stuck in the in the cave at the same time that the monsoon season came too early. Um, and they were just flooded in and they had to fly in. They flew in divers from all over the world mm-hmm. to, to figure out a way to rescue them. And um, it was one of those things where, like, I'm not usually into true story movies, in part because usually they're telling a true story that's very intense. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that can be um, a little bit too intense. But for me, this particular one, because I already knew how it resolved, you know, like I remembered the new stories happening and all of that, I was was interested to see how they portrayed it. Um, And it had just, like, a really great cast and the Thai actors were fantastic and it was just, like – it was just it was so well done. But what I ended up reflecting on at the end of it was just what a beautiful meditation on masculinity mm-hmm. the film ended up being. Just the way like for one, the way the boys banded together, the way their coach handled the situation, the way all of these men from around the world just like jumped into action and like put themselves on the line for the sake. Oh, it's just so it's just so moving to me. Like that was that was the part that that really touched me was just like how much of a beautiful meditation on all the different roles that these different people played and how beautifully their masculinity was shining through mm. all of these. Some of them more like bureaucratic roles, some of them more, <laughs> you know, active physical um, roles, some of them more intellectual roles, but just all of them like a really beautiful reflection on masculinity and how they how they handled that. So, um, yeah, it was intense and there were some moments of uh, – Maybe wanting to cover your eyes, but it was it was good. It was really, really quite good. Um, I would watch it again. So I saw the last half the first night, mm-hmm. and then the first half the second night. <laughs> so kind of out of order, but it allowed me to see different things I wouldn't have seen yeah, otherwise. Sure. And I think I was struck too by, especially the men who were the rescuers, the yes. divers, yeah. part of the awesome foursome, I think they yeah. called themselves. <laughs> and uh, one of the men, I don't remember his name, but he in actual life is a dad. Mm-hmm. And his interaction with the young men that he was uh, mm. going to rescue, mm. I think was very moving. It was. And the yes. sense of like, I'm risking my life, but my greatest concern and desire is that you live. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. And even the way they spoke about like as as they were in charge of a single boy to get him out, they would say, how's my boy? Like it mm-hmm. was my boy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, it was just really moving. Oh, I so. just got chills. Yeah. I remember – well, I haven't seen the movie, but I remember when that actually happened in real life mm-hmm. when it was in the news and when they were stuck and the whole world was watching and waiting mm-hmm. to see if those boys would get out. And I, w- I remember being very impressed at that time how it was something that truly united the world in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I always found that like really moving. Yeah, yeah, and even yeah. the generosity of just the people around the—I mean, the poor people around. In yeah, there, um, how they sacrifice their own land and their own well-being yeah. for the sake of trying to make things just a little bit more possible mm-hmm. for the rescue. So, anyway, highly recommend. I yeah. thought it was quite good. Yeah, actually, that ties in really beautifully what you with what you were saying too about how it, it's so true that I think when we talk about masculinity. Um, 
there's the feminine genius and there's the masculine genius. And even to hear how that kind of played a role in your own life and deepening your faith in God mm. to the point where you could say yes to him mm-hmm. in a very unexpected way is really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I think for me in a different way too, the, the whole sense of fatherhood, mm-hmm. um, growing up in a Mexican-American household, uh, for me to say Papa Dios was mm. how I learned oh, wow. to speak of God Beautiful. as a child. So um, I felt God recently kind of inviting me to uh, recover that or rediscover that in a sense. And um, I, I think that's why I chose the passage I did. Dude, that's you so know? perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that Abba. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's very powerful. Yeah. And uh you know, how God throws curveballs. Well, Mm -hmm. um, I was recently on my annual retreat, um, eight-day silent retreat, and uh, I very much desired to draw closer to um, the Father. I I felt prompted by many reasons, one of them because my father passed away uh, at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And um, being able to accompany him through a very painful illness and to be present spiritually, physically, emotionally, um, and discover parts of my dad that were not fully revealed to me until his last moments. Mm -hmm. I think just God put in my heart, I have more to give you. Mm -hmm. I have more to reveal of myself. And as I try to get closer to the Father, um, the curveballs were Jesus got closer. You know, and then the Holy Spirit showed up, and it's like it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to best put it, but that was my experience of a very um, experiential um, moment during retreat. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, yeah. So, sister, on that note, could you tell us which Bible verse you've chosen, um, and then maybe we can read it, and then you can explain why it means so much to you. Sure, I chose two because. <laughs> That's what happened on my retreat. I know. It's a little (laughs) out of the ordinary, right? Sort of like Sister Anjo, and I see uh, connections between Mm -hmm. things. Um, So Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 25 to 28. There's more to it, but I wanted to focus on that part. And then John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 23. And I chose it because... It's Jesus revealing his inner life, Mm. like just saying, I trust you so much that I want you to know me profoundly, Mm. and I want you to know my Father, and I want you to know that my Father really wants you to know him, and the Holy Spirit is going to make all of this possible, and he's in you. Uh, It just kind of started unpacking itself. Yeah. Could you... Could you read them for us? Absolutely. Before I give it all away. (laughs) I'm excited. All right. From Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to little children. Yes, Father, for that is what it pleased you to do. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, just as no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. 
And now from the Gospel of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete, to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world can never accept, since it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him, because he is with you, he is in you. I shall not leave you orphans. I shall come to you. In a short time the world will no longer see me, but you will see that I live, and you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever holds to my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and reveal myself to him. Anyone who loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make a home in him. I love how those come together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, like, it sounds like for you they came together in a very different way than the way they came together for me. So I'm excited to hear how that how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Spill the beans, sister. Spill <laughs> the <right>. tea. <laughs> okay. So about being a little one, I think – There's something very precious in the father not expecting a PhD before he'll (laughs) reveal himself, (laughs) you know, but like, you are my children Mm -hmm. and I I just want you to know me and I want you to know yourself in the context of my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And so as I read that part and just praying about family and you know, relationships can be messy, right? So bring through a lot of stuff. And the father just revealing, I want to deepen my relationship as your father. I want you to deepen this relationship with me. And I think allowing myself to be the little one allowed me to let go of my need to control. Um, you know, that's just part of being the oldest in the family, I think. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have anything like that. I think we're all the oldest in the family. Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's part of the hazard of, of being the oldest. Um, oh, my goodness. But God is so patient, right? Yep. Um, so within that context, just the aha moment of, Father, I'm drawing closer to you. And he says, but wait. Here's my son. I want you to know him mm. deeper. And Jesus kind of stepping into the room, it felt that way. Mm. Um, room, quote unquote, right? Because it's <laughs> beyond time or space. But um, as I prayed with this passage, I also prayed with some pieces of art. Uh, two of them, one of is Titian, the resurrection of Christ. The other one is El Greco, the Trinity. And it's a beautiful image where the father is holding Christ as he's been taken off the Christ, the, the cross. Oh, wow. So it's like a pieta, mm-hmm. but it's the father instead of the Blessed Virgin Mary holding I've never Christ. I've seen that. It's wow. stunning. Oh, wow. the, the I, will, I will find them love. and I will link to them in sure. the notes so that people can see these. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, perhaps there's another one we can find out from our art expert. Here in the convent, but there's another one. Uh, Bishop Barron uses it for the glory be on the rosary that he has on YouTube. Mm. Um, and the father's gaze out toward you and the son looking towards the father mm. is beautiful. Mm. It's just 
love that is expressed that is beyond words, that that the gaze of the eyes that speaks so loudly. Mm. Um, so as I prayed with the art and then the passage from John, where over and over, um, God is just pouring himself out um, in self-revelation and uh, love, really. Uh, I think love is the best word to describe it, saying, I even want to come and live in you and make a home within you, to be in you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And um, the fact that we're baptized, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's an actual fact, but the invitation to go deeper in that reality. Mm -hmm. I could go on and on. So, <laughs> so let cool. me let you also it's share so your part. <laughs> but I, I could just keep going. And St. Elizabeth of the Trinity with her prayer to the Trinity mm -hmm. and our own founder's understanding of the Trinity as really the foundation of our life. Mm -hmm. So all of that. How about y'all? Yeah, I had, I had some similar reflections. And actually, I want to share... Um, this is one of my one of my favorite poems by Edith Stein, and it's very long, so I'm only going to read like two stanzas of it. <laughs> but um, and this is obviously the English translated from the German. But there's a a moment where she is, um, she's addressing God, and she says, "The Eternal One who made all creatures, who thrice holy encompasses all being, in addition has a silent special kingdom of his own." The innermost chamber of the human soul is the Trinity's favorite place to be, his heavenly throne on earth. And then she goes on to kind of write about how this is the reason why Jesus did everything that he did and um, and that it that it all, you know, redounds to the to the father's glory. But I just love that the innermost chamber of the human soul is the Trinity's favorite place to be, his heavenly throne on earth. And I got the image of like. You know, in like medieval times when like a king would have his primary palace and throne, but then they might have like the <laughs> summer palace or they might have the winter palace, but each one would have a throne, right? Yeah. So he would actually be running the kingdom from any of those places. And I just thought of that as like, we're like his vacation home, except that he's <laughs> there all the time. Like it was just kind of like a fun image of like his favorite place to be. Like yeah. what even? How, how, how can we really say that of God? But we can. Like he tells us that. So I just, I don't know. I just thought that was like so beautiful that that he's even expressing this desire. I think it was his desire that I was like kind of tapping into with that part of it. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it blows your mind. It does. It's so mind-blowing. Yeah. And, and I think just his joy in that is very moving too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then the other thing that I noticed as I was reading it was um, in the Matthew passage, we have come to me. In the John passage, we have I will come to you. Mm -hmm. And we have... You know, we have, I will give you rest. And then we have, I will not leave you orphans, which that word orphanos can also mean I will not leave you comfortless. Mm -hmm. And and so it just kind of felt like these promises are kind of bouncing off of each other and even like becoming circular. And then the reality, too, of like whoever loves my father will be loved by my father. But we also know from the same author that we love God because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. And so these like, it's just so dynamic to me. It's like so circular and dynamic and like. You can just kind of feel the energy like picking up more and more as you enter into the into the reality of it. And it's just like, I don't know, there's something really cool about combining these passages. Something that struck me as you were speaking, uh, recalling the prayer for the Mass for the 20th week in ordinary time not too long ago, um, the line there, uh, 
before the revision of the Roman Missal. Um, it was phrased a little bit differently, but but it's still very, very beautiful, the way it says um, that we may love you in all things and above all things. We may attain your promises, which surpass every human desire. And God's desire is greater <laughs> than even our human desire mm-hmm. to know love mm-hmm. and be with him forever. Yeah. I love how you were bringing in the element of why the Trinity makes that uniquely possible or reveals that in an especially deep, deeper way. Um, because I remember when I was growing up, I really didn't know God as Trinity. Um, I had been baptized according to the Trinitarian formula, so I was baptized totally validly. But, you know, I was I had a catechist at home who was not catechized herself and not baptized herself. So I was getting some very uh, different religious influences in my upbringing and even how I read the Bible. And I really had a very strong sense of God as Father. Um, but that was it. Like, to me, like, Jesus was the coolest guy on earth, but he wasn't <laughs> God, you know? And the Holy Spirit was something really cool, but he wasn't like a person. And as I developed into an understanding of who God says that Jesus is, like who the Father says Jesus is, who the Father says the Holy Spirit is, and why, and who they say the Father is, like that changed everything for me. Because I think, you know, we can look at the at God the Father or God as a, you know, philosophical conception a lot of different ways. But as soon as the Son steps in, to witness to who his father is. As soon as the spirit steps into us to like stir up in us who the father is, that changes absolutely everything. And it really breaks down every barrier that we have as beings who are both spiritual and physical, because we're both, right? It breaks down every barrier to the father's love that he extends his love to us spiritually and physically, like in the Eucharist and giving us a son who incarnated so that he could hug us, he could touch us, you know, like all those things, to know that that remains just as true today as it was 2,000 years ago and will be into eternity. Like that is so humbling to me. And I think as soon as I was able to grasp that, I was able to understand how much of Father, God the Father really is, you Mm -hmm. know. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm thinking too, as you're describing, Sister Elizabeth, the the experience of approaching the Father and feeling Jesus and the Spirit draw nearer too. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what we're called to ultimately, right? Is participation in the divine life. Like right. that's actually what this is all about. Like um, I think it's Saint Athanasius says that he became what we are, so that or no, that was that was somebody else who said we he became what we are, so that we may become what he is. But also. Athanasius says that he we become by grace what he is by nature. Mm-hmm. So like it's not exactly the same because I can't just make myself what Christ is. And so there is a difference in kind and in degree. But we are called to become mm-hmm. like him, like Jesus, to have that divine life and that human life united in one. And that is what he's actually describing in this passage in John. That's like mm-hmm. that's what it means to be dwelling in him while he dwells in us. And it's not like the Holy Spirit is in us in the way that like a picture frame is on the wall in a house, you know, like it's not <laughs> passively there. Like once it's there, you need something to knock it down before it to go anywhere. He's like actively dwelling like that's I love that word abide mm-hmm. Like in the translations that you use the word abide like 
it's dynamic, it's moving, it's constant, it's 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 doing something. It's not just yep. hanging out. No, it's you know? cooking and cleaning in there. It's having yeah. phone calls. It's like, yeah. like all those things you do in a house. Arranging the furniture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and, and I think what that does for me too is it gives me such a confidence because that means I'm intended to be still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not supposed to have it all figured out. And when he says, if you do what my father commands, you know, we will love you and we will come and dwell with you. That's not something he's expecting us to do on our own. We right. cannot do everything that he says to do on our own. Can't do any of it. He says, yeah. he says, be, be perfect as the heavenly father is perfect. We can't do any <laughs> of that on our own. We're called to allow him to do it in us. That's yeah. the whole point. The yeah. vine and the branches, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that God is faithful to his promises and he's promised nothing less than his very self. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's worth and, it. And in Ephesians, Paul says, and we have the first installment of that promise in the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Like, like the Holy Spirit is the first installment of that promise. Like as in the Holy Spirit, God himself is the down payment <laughs> of, I mean, like that. Just, yeah. like, if that doesn't yeah. blow your mind, I don't know yeah. what will. <laughs> Like I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Forget first, last, and deposit. Like yeah. God Himself yeah. is the first installment of what's to come. Mm-hmm. I think too. Like, I mean, it's impossible to truly grasp that. Like at the depths of its. No, I just like to let like, it blow my mind. Sometimes. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> it's but like with as much as we can grasp, with as much as we understand, that puts us in that place of awe. Mm-hmm. That also transforms what it means to be in heaven. That transforms our whole understanding of heaven. That heaven isn't just some place where, you know, a major sports stadium and you hope for good seats. Yeah, like we die, <laughs> we come back to life, and then we just carry on in this like nice place, <laughs> <laughs> like where we don't have to cry anymore. Like it's so much more than that. And it's a place, kind of as you were alluding to, sister, um, of family. Like it's, but. But an ultimate family, a family fulfilled because, you know, here on earth, we we have families. Some of us are are blessed with like very solid families. Some of us had families that really struggled and continue to struggle. But even the best of families, even the most solid of families is only like a foretaste of what the family of God truly is. Mm-hmm. And to know that in heaven, we step into that sonship or that daughtership in an even deeper, like more full way at least more fully expressed um, that we were invited into in baptism. You know, we, we are all invited into, but through baptism, yeah, we, we start it. We are now officially sons and daughters, like of the covenant. And then in heaven, like that is fully, fully like, like it's a consummated relationship. Like it's come to fruition. It's come to fullness. Mm-hmm. And that to me gives me so much comfort because um, like I, I come from a broken family, as many of us do. And to know that in heaven, that family, family is fulfilled. My family will be fulfilled. All families will be fulfilled. And that is our coming together with our father, who is like someone at that point that we are in a relationship with that cannot be broken. It cannot be severed. We will not be able to turn turn away. We will have no desire to turn away. You know, like all of those things will be healed and mended and we can just love and be loved Mm -hmm. and to me i mean yeah it'd be great if there was chocolate in heaven but at the end of the day i actually don't (laughs) care like because there's something greater there's something so much more and i think sometimes we we can 
shortchange ourselves in our own desires. Like we settle for desiring way less than we really do. Mm-hmm. And we'll say like, oh, like, man, I really love this thing. I really want there to be football in heaven. I, I really want there to be chocolate in heaven. <laughs> we want so much more than that. Like don't mm-hmm. shortchange yourselves, guys. Don't shortchange yourselves. Mm-hmm. We want everything and we'll get everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like in all of it, like everything that Jesus does, everything that we're called to do, like all of it points toward the glory of the Father. Yeah. Like that's like I know I've quoted this in probably like 50 percent of our episodes so far. But like Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians that we might exist for the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. And that is to participate in being what Jesus was and is and calls us to be. And I was reading um, The Sanctifier not too long ago. Oh. Awesome. And book. yes, it's one of my favorites. I'm sure I've probably quoted it in about half of our episodes too. But, <laughs> um, sometimes, probably even accidentally. Um, but I was reading. It was there's a, a chapter called. Um, Is it chapter two? Yeah, transformation delightful? in Christ. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Our, the, the soul's one. delightful guest. Yeah, yeah that one's beautiful. I, I think it's one. chapter three, transformation in Christ, okay. or something like that. Um, it's it's basically it's it's the idea that we are called to actually become like Christ, mm-hmm. and. Archbishop Martinez says, in his desire, in Jesus' desire to glorify the Father, in his tenderness for souls, Jesus did more than give give them his merits and unite himself with them to intone the hymn of glorification. So in other words, he did more than just like give us the sheet music and teach us how to (laughs) sing the song that the Father likes. Yeah. (laughs) He says, he united himself with souls in an ineffable manner so that every voice might be his voice. So we sing with the voice of Jesus. Every love, his love, we love with the heart of Jesus. And all glory, his glory, that in him the heavenly father might receive all honor and glory. And that is like incomprehensible as to exactly what that would do to us to participate in that in a full way. Mm. Like we cannot even comprehend what kinds of desires that would satisfy, what kinds of needs that would fill, what kinds we cannot even comprehend what that would do to us to participate in that fully. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Blessed James Alberio. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah he sounds you a lot may like the think, founder. Think, act, love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, die, rise mm-hmm. with Jesus, mm-hmm. basically. That yeah. Jesus may do all of this within you. Yeah, yeah. I love that metaphor of the singing or the intoning. Uh-huh. Um, because I don't know if you or anyone listening has ever gone to a live concert where there were two singers who just had like amazing chemistry. Mm. But when two singers have chemistry, the way that they look at each other and even the way that they breathe, like tips off the other person of exactly what to do. And it's not like it's staged. They just read each other. They just know. And the way that their voices can come together, the way that they can improvise seamlessly, you don't even know that they're improvising. Like it that is one of the things, honestly, that just blows my mind the most in humanity. When that happens, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so amazing. But that is such a beautiful metaphor for, like, what does it mean for the Father's voice to be in us, for us to sing with with the Lord's voice, with Christ's mm-hmm. voice, with the Spirit's voice? Like, that, that, like, just intimate knowing. I think it was you, Sister, who had, um, Sister Elizabeth, who had mentioned, like, the look, yes. that, that intimate that look that, mm-hmm. that speaks more than words can, like, I think we all know what it what it's like to look at someone and there's just this silent communication and you're not reading each other's minds. Your eyes are speaking. <laughs> How that happens, I can't explain it scientifically, but we all know that it works. <laughs> and it's like it's like that reality, that that intimacy, that knowingness that allows us to speak almost in one another and through one another mm-hmm. is totally fulfilled 
in this promise of the Lord. And to know, like from the first passage you read, Sister Elizabeth, like the joy that comes out of that. The joy! It's like so exciting. And that somehow we're called to be instruments for the Trinity to be shared with one another, Mm -hmm. um, to come to know more fully. Uh, Just reminds me of something recently that happened, going to a parish where the pastor was in a wheelchair. He had been in a bad accident. He's paralyzed the waist down. So he can celebrate Mass, but Mm -hmm. needs a lot of help. Mm -hmm. But... The power of his words and the power of his gaze, I felt like Christ himself looked inside of me through the love and care that this priest was able to transmit. Mm -hmm. So it's like we too are called to let the Trinity shine forth, Mm -hmm. like stained glass, you know, in a beautiful (laughs) cathedral. Yeah. Yeah. And like how humbling, because I mean, could God yeah. do it by himself? Yeah, God yeah. could do it by himself. <laughs> but yeah, he chose totally us. <laughs> yeah. How, how yeah. like humbling is that? You're exactly. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the show The Chosen? I mm-hmm. think they're currently filming their third season. That the choice of name has been very powerful because I think it the touches chosen. on I think mm-hmm. it touches on what you were just talking about, that idea of he could, yeah, Sister Benedicta, just do it totally by himself. <laughs> he totally could. And and it would be great. Mm-hmm. Like but he chose us. And like each one of us sitting here, each one of you guys listening, like he chose you. He chose us. And what does that mean? We're still discovering what that means, <laughs> all of us. Yeah. And it means something so unique for each of yeah, us. It does. I don't know if any of our listeners are more in tune with music as far as how God speaks to them. But Mr. Mm. Um, Benedicta Storian, have either of you ever heard the song Immenso? By Andrea Bocelli. It's oh, an amazing song. I feel like I've probably heard it, but I can't think of it right if, now. If you get a chance, and I really recommend it to our listeners, it's something I played for my father on YouTube mm-hmm. um, when he was getting close to the end. And uh, it, it speaks of the immensity of the ocean. But to me, it really spoke of the immensity of God, the mm-hmm. beauty mm-hmm. that is beyond words, but yet so close, like the transcendent and imminent Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, And just something that's beyond words, Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean that we can't use words to try to describe Mm it. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I love that image from the Psalms, the deep calls out to deep. Yeah. Gosh. That's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And nothing else will fulfill us, right? We're like... The Bryce Canyon, <laughs> nothing else <laughs> but God can fill us. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. need lots of water, uh-huh. yeah. and He's got it. Yeah. Hmm. One other thought I had is something I read a few years ago in one of our books, based on the interior life of Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity, and it's going back to your point of for the praise of His glory, taken mm-hmm. from Saint Paul, that she developed like her whole spiritual program around that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some incredible prayers and uh, excerpts from her writings in the book, Give Peace to My Soul. Mm. Um, so anybody else wanting to dive deeper into the life of the Trinity and our relationship with the Trinity, um, that's a beautiful resource. Yeah, it is. It is. I'll link to that. And I'll also link to the Sanctifier too, because um, even though it really is 
meant to be a book about the Holy Spirit. You can't talk about one without talking about the other two. Exactly. <laughs> so it ends up really being a reflection, a meditation on the love of the Trinity. Mm. So we should um, just link that to all of them in case you accidentally are quoting I probably, it. <laughs> I probably am. Like there's probably some books I should just leave permalinked to every, like just copy and paste it in every set because, yeah, because I'm probably <laughs> quoting it without even being aware of it at this point. Well, what a rich, rich, rich combination of passages, sister. I'm glad we made the exception and let you pick two. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. <laughs> I just really felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. Yeah. yeah. No, it feels like that's that was the right thing. Yeah. This is really beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us, too. This has been really lovely. What a joy to be able to pray and share with you. I was so excited that you were in town. So, yeah, yeah, because usually you're not stationed with us here in Boston. So I go between a few places right now, right? (laughs) But um, St. Louis is one of my hubs, and (laughs) Boston and California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we just got lucky. (laughs) (laughs) We just all happened to be here at once. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. Thank you. We're so glad. So maybe we can take a moment just to recollect and then uh, share one takeaway that we have from our prayer together. For me, I think my takeaway is um, kind of that deeper reflection on being a work in progress, but in the sense of like letting that dynamic relationship of me loving the Father, the Father loving me, that love driving me to a deeper love of the Father, and that dynamic happening with each member of the Trinity, um, letting that be what me being a work in progress kind of means and allowing that to take concrete shape uh, in in everything that I do throughout the day. I think that's something that I'm going to be spending some more time praying with. I think for myself, one of the phrases we didn't pray together but was at the end of the passage from Matthew is, come to me, all of you. And um, I believe the Lord really wants me to come as I am, not when everything feels perfect because that will never happen, (laughs) but as I am right now in this circumstance at every moment of the day, And he reminds me, whoever loves me, and again, our love is not perfect, but our desire to love, to love one another, to love the Father, the Son, the Spirit, whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and reveal myself to him. And let the Father reveal himself and the Son, and the Son reveal the Spirit, and the Spirit reveal the Father and the (laughs) ongoing, Mm -hmm. and allow myself to contemplate and not try to figure things out myself, which Mm -hmm. I'm very one to do. I think for me, my takeaway is like, not to be afraid to share in that desire for that fullness of love um, with God because it can feel very overwhelming sometimes or it can feel like something that will never be, you know, like achieved um, or fulfilled. But to know that it will be and even that desire and even the longing that comes with that is joyful. And there's a there's a place for joy in even that that longing um, towards a more perfect expression um, of that communion. So, yeah, Mm. I think that's my my takeaway. Sister Elizabeth, could you lead us in the closing prayer? Absolutely. This is taken from prayer by Blessed James Alberione. To the Most Holy Trinity. O Divine Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, present and active in the Church, and in the depths of my soul, I adore you, I thank you, 
I love you. And through the hands of Mary Most Holy, my mother, I offer, give, and consecrate myself entirely to you for life and for eternity. To you, Heavenly Father, I offer, give, and consecrate myself as your son, as your daughter. To you, Jesus Master, I offer, give, and consecrate myself as your brother, as your sister, as your disciple. To you, Holy Spirit, I offer, give, and consecrate myself as a living temple to be consecrated and sanctified. O Mary, Mother of the Church, and my Mother, who dwell in the presence of the Blessed Trinity, teach me to live through the liturgy and the sacraments in intimate union with the three divine persons, so that my whole life may be a glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life, have, have mercy, mercy on us. us. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you in two weeks. God bless you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of The Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.